Welcome to our very first episode of the All Things Podcast in 2021. I am here today with two amazing women that you're going to meet. And the topic of our podcast today is wholeness and health in our bodies and how we can steward this gift that God has given us in the temple that is our body. So the first half of the show, you are going to meet National Director of First Place for Health, Vicki Heath. And on the second half of the podcast, you're going to meet Redemption Press author and Redemption Press project manager, Tanya Williamson. So before I bring Vicki Heath on, let me give her a proper introduction. Vicki is the National Director of the Faith-Based Wellness Ministry, First Place for Health. She is a reluctant author. She has penned Don't Quit, Get Fit and First Place for Health, Wellness Journey of a Lifetime, and is a nationally known speaker. She holds certifications with American Council on Exercise and Body and Soul Fitness. She dances, jumps, and limps her way as she leads exercise classes in her community of Edisto Island, South Carolina. She strives to bring others into the kingdom through her teaching of whole person wellness and her example of a radical but humble devoted follower of Christ. Vicki is a pastor's wife and she and her husband Rob have four grown children and eight soon to be 10 grandchildren. So let's roll that tape. All right. Well, Vicki, I have been looking forward to having you on the All Things Podcast for months, knowing we wanted to start 2021 with this topic. So welcome to the All Things Podcast. Thank you, Athena. I'm so glad to be here. Yes. Well, you're in Texas, right? No, I'm in South Carolina. Oh! Headquarters. It's confusing, I know, but our headquarters for First Place for Health is in Texas. Okay, that's where I that's where I got a little mixed up. But you are definitely across the country. Yes, coming today to be part of the All Things Podcast. So I appreciate you taking the time. So before we jump into some tips and some steps for transformation in 2021, which I'm super excited to hear, tell us a little bit about a Romans 8.28 story in your life that so our listeners can get a little bit of a peek inside your life and how God has worked all things together for good. That verse, Romans 8.28, I think sometimes is to apply to our lives, but I can see God's hand in working things together for his good and our glory. And that started with the birth of my fourth child, actually, you know, when you have four children, you can't remember all their ages or names, <laughs> especially if you named them all with the same letter, which we did. I don't know whose idea that was. <laughs> Not yours. It was your husband. But Mackenzie Charles Thomas Heath was born when I was 39. Wow. Turning 40 a few months later. That really was the Romans 8, 28 beginning for me, Athena, because several things. 
that was a surprise pregnancy. If you can imagine, and you probably can relate that when you're 39 and you're thinking, okay, I must be going through the change that a pregnancy never occurred to me. I mean, the last child was six years old going in first grade. And as a result, coming out of that pregnancy, I had what we call whole person illness. I love whole person wellness, but I really had, I was suffering from whole person illness and whole person being body, soul, mind, and spirit. Body, I gained a lot of weight when I was pregnant with Mac and did not lose it after I had that child because of some emotional issues I had going on. I now look back and it was probably some postpartum depression. Right. And so the way I managed that depression was eating more food than my body required. So at six weeks, you know, you go back to the doctor and they say, oh, you're doing great. He said, what is going on? You weigh more than you did when you had this baby. And because I did not lose weight, because I was comforting myself emotionally by overfeeding my body. And then even mentally, I, I mentally, I wasn't where I needed to be with the thoughts regarding my husband. That was not healthy. And then spiritually, I was pretending to be just fine. You know, you're married to someone in ministry and there's pressure. I mean, a lot of the pressure we put on ourselves. So I had to do the fake it till you make it thing at church. This is the thing, Athena, when you're faking it spiritually, you're not fooling anybody. And they knew my precious church family is watching me kind of like, what in the world? And I feel like I'm coming apart and I'm exhausted because I'm being pretending so much. So that's what I call whole person illness. And my I had a lot of work to do, body, soul, mind, and spirit. And the Lord led me to first place for health because it really helped me get my illness organized. I know that sounds crazy, but some of you type A's are going to love that. Oh, yeah, I want to be totally whole person organized. And getting back to a quiet time getting back to a healthy perspective on eating and exercise, getting back to an honest relationship with my church and my family and my husband. That was a turning point for me. And God used all of that whole person illness to bring me a place of understanding of what whole person wellness could be. Wow. I love that. And now you're the executive director. Is that your position there? National director. So he even had a whole new ministry for you out of that crisis. He had a plan for me. And all he was asking of me is that I cooperate with Mm -hmm. him, that I participate in the process of being transformed. And it did not happen overnight. I can tell you that getting healthy is some of the hardest, best work you'll ever do for yourself. But if anybody tells you it's easy, that you can lose weight in just 30 days, you don't have to exercise, it's just not true. The Bible says that we have to make every effort toward so many things. 
So most of us don't like the word effort. <laughs> we don't want to have to put forth any effort. I honestly didn't either. In my first book that I wrote, Don't Quit, Get Fit, I talk about this prayer I used to pray when I was very overweight, very unhappy, but stuck in this cycle of shame and overeating and self-loathing. I used to pray, Lord, I know you could do a miracle in my body. If I go to sleep tonight, I could wake up and you would have taken away all of these extra 50 pounds on my body. Well, there would be such a miracle. Everybody would want to, they would fear the Lord. And Athena, I mean, I literally honestly prayed that, that God, you could do that. But there's something about making an effort toward things that are important. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Yep. You know, it's for some reason when it just happens so easy, it just, you know, boom, in a snap of a finger, it doesn't mean as much. Then when you actually put forth the effort and God provides the grace. The grace and the strength, because I was kind of panicky about thinking, okay, am I going to have to go on a starvation diet? I've done that before, like totally deprived of my body of food until I got where I thought was a comfortable weight. Well, then if you start eating normal, you gain the weight back. And I'm thinking, okay, do I need to overexercise? I've done that before. I was an athlete in high school and managed my weight for years by over-exercising. But hey, guess what that leads to? I, can, I wish I could just take my leg up in front of the camera because I have two knee replacements. Oh, wow. Yeah, at the age of 65, both knees have been replaced from years of over-exercising, thinking, well, that'll work. That's what I'm going to have to do. And as I started on this journey with First Place for Health, God, in his, his kindness, he did not want me to deprive myself of good, wonderful, healthy food. In fact, his Holy Spirit affirmed in me that it was okay to be comforted by food because that's what it was intended to be, to fuel our bodies, to give us nourishment. And even to give us comfort. And the Bible is full of stories of how God comforted his people with food. But what happened with me is I would always go from that good, safe place to a place of extreme. Mm. Extremely extreme exercising, extreme food deprivation. And that that is not even biblical at all. That we would put our bodies in a place where we're actually harming them. Well, and it's hard to sustain. I mean, you can only do that for too long and that's why you have all the yo-yo thing going on. Exactly. You know what I'm talking about? It's not sustainable and it'll, you'll either get burned out, which I talk about in don't quit, get fit, or you'll get an injury or you'll get so sick of it is that you remember the day when you say to everybody in the room, get out of my way, you are not stopping me. I'm going to Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> and I'm going to eat a dozen because you're right. It's not sustainable. This deprivation thing, this dieting thing doesn't work. I mean, not, not only can you probably relate to that story about 
uh, get out of my way, I'm going to Dunkin' Donuts. But there's actually clinical research that shows deprivation does not work. Wow. Okay. So we're going to talk about, I want you to define whole person wellness, because I think right now with all of us having been cooped up in our homes, working from home for the last nine months, I know I have gained and I have comforted myself (laughs) with more food than I need just because it's, I mean, it's been discouraging in a lot of ways and us extra stress on people. So this is very timely, I think, especially because of the pandemic. Let's understand what wellness is, and then I want you to share the three steps for transformation in 2021. Whole person wellness is not a new idea at all. Jesus talked about it in Mark 12, 30 and 31. Do you remember that story, that place in the scripture where the Pharisees came to Jesus and they said, Jesus, tell us what is the greatest commandment? Well, first of all, they knew what the greatest commandment was. They were Pharisees. They studied the law, but they were trying to test Jesus. And he said that it is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself, as the same, the same way. And that is really the definition. It's to love God with all of my entire being. So the way that translates is to, is in body, soul, mind, and strength. We understand what he said. I want you to love God with, I want you to love the Lord with your body. And so that's an interesting concept. How do I love God with my body? By eating well and exercising when you can. And keeping and living as long as and as strong as you can. You know, a lot of people tell me about the body. Well, the Bible says that our days are numbered and God knows exactly what day he's going to take us home with him to glory. So what does it matter? Well, it does matter because God may know the day, but you don't. And so, Amen. amen, that's right. So my responsibility with Christian stewardship, yep. to love the Lord, my Lord, my God, is, is a command with my body. And that's the way it works out in our everyday lives, is that we eat as well as we can, the right amount of, of food to feed our body. Because you said it, Athena, that when we overcomfort or we overfeed, we've gone into that place of excess which is not necessary. I love Mary Poppins. Do you know what she said? Mary Poppins said, enough is the same as a feast. Learn that, that when I transgress or I go outside my healthy food boundaries, it ends up obesity, which leads to so many diseases today. And then to love the Lord, our God, with all of our mind. And that is the mind of Christ the power to take every thought captive because many of us have toxic thinking about food, especially exercise. I mean, many of us think exercise is punishment for our imperfect bodies. And it's not, that's not at all. God says, I want you to live and move and have your being in me. And so that I need to change my thinking because I had toxic thoughts about myself, Athena, about the way my body was designed. 
that I was actually telling my maker, my creator, that he, you did not make my legs long enough. Because if my femurs were longer, I would be at my perfect weight. Because I'm not very tall. And these, these thoughts that we have, another mental way to love the God, Lord, our God with all of our mind, is to understand his great love for us. That regardless, I am not defined by the number on a scale. I'm defined as a daughter of the living God, of, mm-hmm. of, of Christ himself, that I am co-heirs with him. So that's physically, mentally, emotionally, that I can have healthy relationships in my life. Healthy relationships with my body, with food, and with other people. That I can have that community around me. So body, soul, mind, spirit. That's probably the most important. Because in first place, we first first place for health, we really say that the obesity epidemic is not really a physical problem. It's a spiritual problem. That if we're willing to do the hard work spiritually of opening ourselves up to the Holy Spirit, up to God and letting him search those dark places in our heart and in our soul to find out why do I overfeed my body when I'm no longer hungry? And a pivotal question for me, Athena, came in my quiet time, searching sincerely with an open heart before the Lord and the Holy Spirit in that sweet way, because God does not condemn us about our weight. It is not a problem to him. The Lord just in his sweetness said, Vicki, what is it that food gives you that I cannot? Ooh. Athena, it stunned me. Yeah. Because my life, the way I was behaving, secret eating, or still over-exercising, trying to camouflage my sin, the sin of gluttony, I realized that's what I was doing. I was saying to my Lord, you cannot help me the way food can. Which is then translates to idolatry, right? Exactly. People don't want to hear that, but it's idolatry. Not only did the Lord reveal the sin of idolatry in my life, he revealed the sin of unbelief. Because unbelief in the living God always leads to idolatry. That's good. And that's true. And we're saying he can't help us. He can't lead us and guide us in that way. We have to do, we have to take the reins here and we have to be, we have to be God. We're not going to let him be God. Oh yeah. I have to go to the refrigerator because that, because God, I'm saying, God, you are too slow. And this culture that we live in, Athena, is instant gratification. I don't want to have to wait on anything. I mean, during this pandemic, it's been insane. You can have whatever you want delivered to your door. And the things of the spirit of God take time. They take time to settle in our hearts. It takes time of sitting still before the Lord. Yeah. And we don't want to wait on him. And when I fought, that was a big day. And that took time for me to let, to give God a chance. That sounds so pathetic, but the where I was at that time in my life, 
of continuing to participate in the sin of gluttony. Just continually overfeeding my body, not hungry. And I had to do some hard work with the Holy Spirit to dig down deep and to say, let's uncover this thing. Let's bring it out into the light. Because you know what happens when we bring it out into the light. It's power. Exactly. That was a good for me. But there's fear there because typically there's some painful stuff that's way shoved down that is propelling us to, you know, our medication of choice is food. So we're not sure we really want to know why we're overeating because it might be painful to face it, but it's the best thing we could do. It is. And what I thought was that it would be unbearable. That's the fear that it would be unbearable, that we would not be able to receive it or bear it. But if you have thoughts like that, anybody listening, that is not of God. He says, I will call you to repentance with my kindness. And for me, there needed to be some repentance of this idolatry, this unbelief. And he will do it in a, within a gentle precious way because he does not want to harm us. He does not want to hurt us. He has promised us a future of hope and good things for us. So when we think, oh my goodness, if I pray and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal something like what the reason that I'm really, that I overreact to everything or that I'm so easily wounded or, I mean, you can fill in the blank. We are you are exactly right. We get scared. Yeah. There is nothing to fear with the Lord. No. His love casts out all of that fear. Amen. Okay, so we are down to about five minutes. So I want you to give us the three steps for transformation in 2021 and then help us with how do we get started? How do we get in touch with you guys and start on this new path of repentance and taking action for 2021. All right, everybody buckle your seatbelts because we're going fast. <laughs> and there's so it's so it's complicated but doesn't have to be. So I really just say three things. The first thing is change your mind about worship. That worshiping God in with your body according to Romans 12:1 and 2. That you present your bodies as a living sacrifice daily in your body. And that will translate that every good choice you make on food translates as an act of worship. I know we're free to eat anything we want, but some things should not have a prominent place in our lives. Some foods and some amounts of food. So every time I make a good choice, I did as a as a food offering to the Lord, that as an act of worship. And every time I choose to get up early and exercise, put on my shoes, get on my recumbent bike, whatever I can do, whatever I can do, I do as an act of worship. My soreness is a sacrifice. My sweat is an offering. And I do it. Say, Say that again. My soreness is a sacrifice. My sweat is an offering. And you know what David said? I will not offer the Lord anything that costs me nothing. 
and it's going to cost you to get healthy. And so, so worship, worship God with your body in the way you eat and the way you move. And the second thing is community. It is so important to have people around you who are understanding and will not judge you or not shame you. There is so much shaming going on right now, Athena. I'm like in shame overload that we're shamed because we don't wear a mask. We're shamed because we wear a mask. We're shamed. It just, it's like a shaming pandemic. And you need to find a group of people, a community who will understand you and not judge you and love you unconditionally. We have those kind of people in first place for health. They're my family because they understand me. And then the third step is the word of God. Nothing has the power of the word of God. There's no super special diet. There's no pop psychology. There, nothing can take the place of the word of God. It is transforming because it transforms us from the inside out. Every weight loss approach that's in the world will tell you to change your behavior and you'll be healthy. And what God says is, I want to change your heart and your mind, and then I'll show you how to be healthy. And then I'll sustain you and give you the power and everything. So just some those three would be worship, community, and the word of God. I and we want all that in yeah. our virtual classes, First Place for Health, fp4h.com. You can find everything you need. Okay, so FP four the number four H number four H four H. It's just the short way for first place for health. Perfect. You'll find virtual groups. We have tons starting in January. I'll be teaching three or four a week. I'd love to have you in my group. Hey, and and we have local groups. Some churches are starting to open up in different states, but if not. Don't let that stop you. Yeah. Find some friends, do it together, join a group, a virtual group, but but God will provide a way. He, he, he is for us. He wants us to be healthy. I love that. I am so excited. You are going to be an answer to prayer to a whole lot of people listening today. Oh, so, so Vicki, thank you so much for being with us. It has been an absolute delight. Thank you, Athena. All right, we are back for the second half of the episode today of the All Things Podcast. And I am about to introduce you to just one of the most delightful people I have on my team at Redemption Press. She is also one of our authors, but she is just, she inspires me whenever she opens her mouth. Let's just say that. Tanya Williamson is a board-certified biblical counselor and holds an MA in education. She works as a project manager for Redemption Press and is an educator, speaker, and writer. She resides in Kansas City, Missouri with her family, where her grandsons are her greatest joy. Let's go ahead and roll that interview. All right. Well, I have been so looking forward to this time together. 
with my friend and co-worker and Redemption Press author, Tonya. It is so great to have you on the All Things, have you back on the All Things podcast. This is your second time with us. Yes, it's exciting. So thank you for just asking me. I appreciate it. Thank you betcha. You bet. So before we dive into your book, Worship God and Praise Away the Pounds, which I'm excited to have you share, I would just love for our listeners to get a little bit behind the scenes on your life, get to know you a little bit better. So if you've got a Romans 828 story that you'd like to share with us, we are all ears. All right. I, I do have one, and it's one that I'm actually living through now and am recently seeing how God is working for the good. So my husband one day just came home and said he he wasn't going to stay. And I didn't know what that meant. And we didn't have any problems that I knew of that bad. And then a couple of days later, he said he wanted a divorce. And that was after 24 and a half years of marriage. So he came back, was home for about a year and a half. And then we eventually got divorced after about, I mean, it ended up being like 28 and a half years of marriage. So after that happened, I was only allowed to stay in our house for three years and that we had lived in for 22 years. And I had to move this past April. Now, so let me backtrack real quick. In 2006, God told me to quit my teaching job so that I could work with women and homeless people because I have a passion for that. And so that's what I had been doing all this time from 2006 up until doing a lot of work with women and homeless people and things like that. So I ended up having to move in April, didn't have a place to stay. I didn't know where I was going to stay. And I had had an accident, a hit and run accident that January that left me extremely debilitated because I was nauseous all the time from the injuries. It threw my vision off. It threw my balance off. Um, I couldn't do a lot. I had to move real slow. And I'm still in treatment for that now. But I was dealing with all that when I had to move. Didn't have a place to go. I slept on my nephew's couch for three weeks lived out of bags in like until May something. Part of my furniture was in my grandmother's empty house where I live at now. And it had been empty for two years. Part of my things were in his basement and other things was in my friend's house. And I was like, God, I don't get this. Why, if I have loved you and served you, I didn't even see the divorce coming. Why would I have to go through that? Why do I have to move? And I'm thinking of all these things, but God just kept saying, trust me, trust me. Mm. I'm working in this for your good. And I mean, just through the years after divorce, separation, in the midst of all this, with the accident, not being able to move, I just kept saying, okay, God is good. Mm. I know God is sovereign. God is wise. I don't understand this, but okay, God. And I was crying saying it, but I was saying it. And so then I moved into my grandma's house, which had mold and all these other issues. So I'm living here now and I'm on, it's been, now it's December. I had the accident in January. About three weeks ago, I started feeling better with like fewer headaches. I don't, I stopped having the nausea a while ago, but I'm still somewhat limited, but I had to move into a neighborhood where 
There's gunshots. I hear sirens. My house has been shot at. There's been shootouts right across the street from me. And, and I'm living in poverty. And this is the area that I was working in and doing all this volunteer work in. And I finally realized, I was like, God, okay, I see. Because I had the passion for it, I, I didn't live in it and I knew it because I had family members, but now I'm in it in a different way. And I can see how you're using this hard thing with women go through with divorce and not having a man or not having a covering, not having help, struggling with finances, being homeless, all these different things, which is what you originally told me to quit my job to do. Here I am in that. So I see God is working in the good. I know I got to turn around Joseph's story. God is going to be able to use me because I've had firsthand experiences and things I didn't have firsthand experiences before. So that's my Romans 8, 28 story. God is working this for good. I see it. I mean, I'm, I'm thankful. I've learned how to rejoice in the midst of what I'm living in because God is good. God is sovereign. God is wise. Mm. Amen. And what's so good about that is you know, he gave you a passion. He gave you a heart for women that are homeless and they're struggling. And now he's given you the ability to say, I know how you feel. Yes, that's exactly. <laughs> I've experienced it and I'm still learning. And it's a learning experience to trust God in a deeper way. So what weight your words have now. Yes, exactly. And I be, I'm just, that's what makes me so thankful because I feel it. I, I mean, I'm here and I know, and I just keep thinking of all the things that God had told me I was going to do. I can just see it. So yes, mm. thank you, Lord. <laughs> Amen. And, and the stories you'll be able to tell these women to, I mean, just, you got to tell us the story of the gunshots in your, that, can, that went through your house and where you were, you got to tell that story because that's going to be a story oh, you tell yeah. women that, to encourage them to trust him. Absolutely. Oh, you want me to tell that now? I do. Oh, yeah. oh, so one day I was sitting right here in this very spot and I heard all these gunshots and I could hear them hitting the side of my house. Then I heard like a couple dropped to the floor like they went through. So I ducked. So I'm going to fast forward a little bit. I called the police. It took them a while to answer. And they, so they finally came. I didn't realize till about 25 minutes later that some shots had went through the front of my house. Now, what had happened was, I think I had dropped my grandkids off is what had happened. I don't remember. But when I came home, I was so tired. I just wanted to go to bed. But something said, don't go to bed. Just make a couple phone calls. So I sat here making the phone calls when all the shots came through and found out later when I went to the front, had I went to the front where my bed was, one bullet went through where I'm normally sitting and I'm getting dressed. And then another one went through where I would have been laying my head. So had I not listened to God and just stayed in this spot and went ahead and did some stuff that really was for other people that I didn't want to do, but I did because I was listening to God, which worship God and praise, praise away the pounds talks a lot about listening to God. So I've learned to listen to him. He protected me from those two shots that went through my window. And it was, oh, and then the, a third one I didn't even find till like a couple of days later it was a hole like this big because I don't know what the weapon was, but it started out small and it was just blast. It just blasted. A big holes in things. So 
wow. protection of God. Yeah. Amen. I remember when you told that story and I'm like, wow, now that's God working good because now yes. for you to be able to tell that story with, yes. you know, I mean, that just is such a testimony to his faithfulness and yes. his protection of those that, you know, he, he wants, he's got work for you to do, girl. Yeah, I know. And can I tie this into worship God and praise away the pain? Yeah. When, when, because it, it, worshiping God is about obedience and doing what God calls us to do. And he takes away the weights of things. And as I have listened, learned to listen to God through what I've learned in this journey of this book, that's that very thing that caused me to be still and, and not even just be still, but I've just learned, I'm tra I've trained myself so much when I hear something that's God and just do it. So this book, it really does. It's what has taught me to listen to God in a deeper level, not just about food, but about everything that I'm dealing with. So mm. <laughs> I love that. So what is then the meaning behind the title, Worship God and Praise Away the Pounds? So I just said it a little bit, but I, I will, I do want to go into what worship means a little bit later, And I, but I know we're short on time. So I just want to say, sum it up by saying worship is obedience. Mm. And the Bible talks about how we worship God by loving him adoring him, giving him our adoration. So if we're doing all those things, we're being obedient. It's not the hands lifted praise in God. It really is tied into everything we're calling as far as showing God our love and placing him first and being obedient to him. So that's the worship God part. And when we are obedient to him, that's when all the burdens and bondages and addictions and attitudes and stresses that cause us to overeat and have issues, those things fall away. I didn't come up with that title on my own. God gave me that title. As a matter of fact, I didn't even plan to, I didn't even know I was going to write a book. I wasn't planning it. When God convicted me about my own weight and how I was representing him, because at the time I was teaching a lot of classes on health, and I didn't even think about the fact that how I was acting and eating and my size, people looked at me and they would be like, well, who are you to be telling us about weight? And so one day on a, a, and you can read about this in the book, but just God convicted me on New Year's Eve, 2009, about how I was, my, how I treated my body as temple because I was, I mean, I loved food. I still love food, but I don't love it like I used to, to where I was. I, I did the craziest things with food, which I write about in the book, which is at the time was so embarrassing to me. I was like, God, you can't make me say this. I don't want to tell people this, but it's in there. And so as I learned to trust, learn to worship God, everything else just fell away. And God told me, I want you to study Romans 12, 1 and 2. Write down everything you learned. That's just the, the only thing he told me. So I studied and wrote down what I learned, put it in a journal. And then like months later, I don't remember how many months, he just said, now I want you to turn it into a book and call it Worship God and Praise Away the Pounds. And that's how I got the title. Mm. So what makes this book different than other books about losing weight? 
this is hugely different because most books I've read about losing weight are telling you to do this thing, to do that thing, to lose weight, and all these things to do. But this book is about listening to the Holy Spirit. This book teaches you how to learn from the Holy Spirit, how to connect with the Word of God as the Spirit of God to to guide you. And it takes away all of those pressures and to-dos that come with weight loss, saying, do this, do that. So when we listen to God, he knows exactly what every individual body needs that works for them for how they should eat and what they should eat. And I know it, it can it seems like weird. People think, how can you really hear from God? But you can hear from God if you listen. And we just got to learn to listen. I didn't know how to listen at first, but this book will even teach you how to listen. And so this book ties in the spiritual component of listening to God with the scientific part of what we do know about food and and calories and things like that. It combines those two, but it takes away the burden to where we're building a relationship, a listening and a relationship to God. We're building that type of relationship. And in the process, it, it, it takes away it teaches us how to get rid of excess weight and to eat right and have a body that we can present to God. Hmm. So now you've touched on this a little bit, but I want to make sure you don't have some more to say. What exactly is worship? Worship is the the thing where we show God how much we love him by sacrificing our desires to what he wants. It's living a life willingly of submission, which I do go into more in the book, the difference between submission and surrender. So we willingly submit what we want to surrender to God because there is no other way. Surrender is what you do when there ain't no way out. Like the enemy is all around you and I can't do nothing but surrender. So you don't necessarily do it because you want to, you have to. There is no other way to help us to learn how to be obedient to God, how to love him, how to show adoration, how to show devotion, how to show sacrifice to him. That is all of what worship is, submission, surrender, loving, adoration. Um, that is that is worship. And it is extreme submission when you and I go into more detail about that in the book. But all of that is tied into the just the obedience of loving him and extremely submitting and surrendering to him. So it's not just singing some of songs. Oh no. Put your hands in the air. <laughs> that's the easy part. The oh. part that's the worship is the part that we don't really want to do, but we do it because we love him and we want to live. We love God and we want to live a life that pleases him. Mm. Amen. Amen. So your book is, you mentioned, based on Romans 12, 1 and 2. Yes. So tell us what the seven strategies are that you've broken those verses into that you kind of centered the book around. Okay. So I'm going to say the verse first. And I'm okay. going to, now, now those, if you ain't looking, you won't see what I'm doing, but I'm going to show you. I just want to say it so people can hear. And I'm, I'm, I'm in the seven strategies are in there. And then I'm going to say the strategies one by one. So it is, I beseech you therefore, brethren, 
by the mercies of God that ye one present your bodies as a living sacrifice to holy and acceptable unto God, which is your three reasonable service. And four, oh, be not conformed to this world, but five, be ye transformed. Six, by the renewing of your mind, that ye may seven prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So one is presenting your body to God as a living sacrifice. Two, be devoted to God and consecrated to God. And so when I did the strategies, I looked at several different versions and I just incorporated the word. I, I, I split the strategies in an easy way, incorporating some of the different versions of Romans 12, 1 and 2. So the whole book is split into these. So present your body to God as a sacrifice. One, two, be devoted and consecrated to God. Three, give God your reasonable service. Four, don't conform to this world. Five, be transformed. Six, renew your mind. Seven, establish yourself as good, acceptable, and perfect. In these seven strategies, there are chapters on each of these strategies because okay. they go into detail about every, they go into detail so that you get a deeper understanding because there's so much depth and God gave me so much revelation about every one, I mean, uh, every one of these strategies or in essence of these, just these two verses. Mm, I love that. So you write in your book that it's important to get moving. What are some <laughs> non-conventional ways to get in physical activity? Elaborate more on what people with physical limitations can do to be more active. Okay. So I, let me say this. So as far as weight loss is concerned, there's two components. The first is what you put into your body in food and drink. And then the second is physical activity. So those two things determine whether you gain weight, lose weight, or stay the same. So you just asked me about movement because a lot of time, I mean, we all eat. We just don't think about how much we're moving. And so I don't like to say exercise because I don't like exercise. <laughs> I don't like to go to the gym. I don't like workouts, but I like to dance, which is movement. I like to play softball. I like to run with my grandkids. So there are things I like to do. So practical things that people can do to get moving. If you like, if, if your schedule is busy where you sit at a computer all day or you don't have a lot of time, you can increase activity, which will cause you to burn calories and help with the weight loss by doing extra movement. So stretching in the morning when you get up, if you walk to the bathroom, do a little jig, dance a little bit, turn around in a circle, do some uh, 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 toe touches. You can park your car further away. Instead of when I had steps, I would just wait till the end of the day and take everything at once. But I stopped doing that. I would just go upstairs just to use the bathroom. So do whatever you can to increase movement, gardening, house cleaning, vacuuming, dancing, just move, even if you're still. And then the important piece is, as I was physically limited at one point, I even know how much harder that is 
to be able to get in physical activity, especially when you don't feel well. But when I taught this class, I would even teach people, you can do the same thing sitting down. So I can run from my chair. I can swim. So you can do sitting exercise if you happen to be physically challenged where you're in a wheelchair. Just do that stuff while you're sitting down. If you're watching TV, walk, walk during commercials. Just walk in place. If you can't move your arms because your arms are limited, move your head. I know some of you can't see my movements, but move your head. And then if you can't do anything, breathing even adds movement. So, and it even burns calories. Everything we do burns calories. Some just burns more than others, but deep breathing, which will calm you, relieve stress, and burn some calories. So I hope that that helps with just some of the things that you can do to get extra movement. In. I love that. That's good. So you also wrote a chapter called Heart Matters, and it goes into detail about what our hearts consist of and who the enemy is. So why are these important to understand? And what do these have to do with losing weight? Oh, so important because I didn't know this till I studied, Was I, I was studying this, that our hearts consist of our passions and affections. It consists of our, our will. It consists of our conscience, our seat of appetites. So if we're just focusing, I mean, just for the sake of, of, of time and the fact that we're talking about the book, if, we're, if our hearts are not right, our seat of appetites and passions and desires and affections are right, are not right, we open the door for the enemy. We know the enemy is a tempter, a deceiver, an accuser, and a, a slanderer. So if our hearts are not, our affections toward food or whatever it is is not right, the enemy comes in. So let's say he's coming in as a deceiver and he's saying to you, one dessert won't hurt, but you can't go, your heart has to be guarded and strong and you have to be able to say, oh yes, one dessert will hurt because I already had one or something. I mean, it, it could be that, or he could say, you watching TV, ooh, look at that pizza. Don't it look good? You should go get something or whatever it is. He is going to come and tempt. He's going to come and deceive. And he's even going to try to slander you by saying, you always going to be fat. You ain't never going to lose no weight. So you might as well just give it up. These are all lies. We have got to guard our hearts, know the truth. And we've got to speak the truth against what the enemy says, says, no, I'm not going to have that dessert. Yes, I am going to get this weight off. Yes, yes, I can have self-control. That's why those things are very important because without that, we're in trouble. And if you think about how, did, how, how Jesus acted in the wilderness, the enemy came to him with those same types of things, but he spoke the truth. He stood in the truth and he did not give in to the temptations, the de deceptions and the lies of the enemy. So we've got to guard our appetites, our affections, our will, our conscience, our reasoning. We've got to guard all those things to protect ourselves from the enemy. Mm, I love that. You know, we can... We could keep going here for at least another half an hour, but we're running out of time. I know. Okay. Oh, this is so good. So what is the biggest takeaway you would like to leave our listeners with today? The biggest takeaway I would like to leave them with is how important it is to turn to the word for every struggle 
you go through. And the answers are there. So if you are going to the word and listening to God for a food struggle, a food addiction, how to cook, how to eat, how much to eat, then you will be able to get the answers that you need. And in the meantime, if you, while you're still learning how to listen, you can do practical things like moving more, eating more vegetables, making healthier choices. So biggest takeaway, learn to listen to God because he's got the answers to help you to take off the pounds, the weight and how to eat and do mm-hmm. practical things. Mm-hmm. I love that my friend you just hit on i mean really whether it's weight or you know it doesn't matter what our struggle is the answer is the same if we learn to hear from god and we yes. learn what the word is and what he says about us and what he who he is that is the answer saying that's it it's not in us what we think what we plan the answers are all in him mm, got to learn how to listen. Amen. Amen. Girl. So if uh, someone's looking to get a copy of your book, they can go to Amazon. They can go to Redemption Press and get it there. Yeah. All those normal places. Okay. And what's the best way if someone wants to get a hold of you and connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Through my email, Tanya K. T-O-N-Y-A, the letter K, the numbers 5777 at gmail.com. All right. Well, my friend, thank you so, so much for coming back on the show and sharing about your book. And this is a time of year when everyone is thinking about their weight and how much they ate over the holidays and what they need to do to make a change. So this is some great direction for our sisters out there who need to make a change and the change is start to hear what he's saying and be obedient there you go thank you athena bless you well bless you it is an honor to get to work with you on a regular basis at redemption press and to have you as one of our authors and to have you share today on the podcast thank you so much my friend thank you the honor's been mine See you later. Bye-bye. Well, thanks for joining us today for the All Things Podcast brought to you by Redemption Press and the Romans 828 Bookstore. So, hey, I'd like to ask you a favor. If you would, consider sharing this episode with your friends on social media. And if you haven't yet left a review of the podcast on Apple, I would love it if you would take a minute to do that as it would help other people find the show and also let them know that it's a show worth listening to. So thanks so much for joining us today and I will see you next week. Bye for now.